This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Welcome to this episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And today, and it's just you, me, and my protein bar, Niall. That's it. I was literally about to say that. You're, t- you're doing that with a mouthful of a chocolate bar. Call it protein bar. It's a chocolate bar. Stop <laughs> trying. Stop trying to whitewash it. <laughs> Literally started recording with a massive mouthful of a grenade bar in my mouth. So, grenade, if you'd like to sponsor us, please get in touch. Um, yeah. Oh man. So yeah, we've got exciting news on Property Jam. So if you haven't seen Instagram, um, you won't know that Matt Baker and Lara have had a baby boy. Yay! Yay! So Frederick is now with us. He's arrived into the world safe and sound, and he's absolutely scrumptious, isn't he? Now he's gorgeous. He is adorable. He's a lovely little baby, and he well, he's a, he was a big baby. He is a big baby. What was he? Eight pounds something. Eight, eight pounds three, I think it was. Yeah. That, poor Lara. So he'll be he'll be two weeks old tomorrow. Oh, that's lovely. So yeah, yeah. No, really, really excited for them both in life. So congratulations to all four of them. They can enjoy being a four. So it stands to reason that obviously Matt's got like you know priorities and other shit that he should be getting on with, like you know. Well, you know. So yeah, changing nappies and uh, feeding (laughs) babies seems to have uh, taken priority over property jam for some reason. How rude! rude. (laughs) Where is his true priority? I know, right? So we just left the best to to sort it out basically just, <laughs> just terrifying terrifying we've only done this once before with me and you and it went okay well we survived so we, we survived property jam didn't fall off the edge of a cliff we're still here so <laughs> i'll let... press the right buttons but I, I even pressed record before i started today so my job here is john is john it's my john. job here is done oh. over to you joe it's all yours today oh mate oh mate <laughs> So we were talking about, you know, like what we could talk about. Um, and I suppose it's going to be a bit of a chinwag really about being the start of the year, where we find ourselves now in the property market. Because again, the economy feels like it's the overriding hot topic and mm-hmm. what's driving uh, our business, our industry and what things are going to look like, certainly for the next uh, few months. like. And there's all this rumor mill again that's kicked off about interest rates going up again and that the market is going to suddenly peak and it's going to, so there's going to be this bubble and everything's going to burst and that there could be this huge property market crash. And I felt like we'd got to a point towards the end of last year where those thoughts and feelings have started to dissipate despite all the economic mm-hmm. indicators being on, you know, um, <laughs> still being fairly unstable it just seems to have gone off again right <laughs> yeah it's just gone I, th- I was speaking to someone yesterday about this actually and um he was saying that it's just since covid the media needs something to be negative about they need something to scaremonger and to um put the fear of god into people 
Um, and it just seems to be the property market that's taking the hit right now. And which is which is quite an well, it is, I guess it's good and it's bad because it's putting a lot of people off, which means there are more deals for us to be had. Um, but we're still seeing it really, really positive. We've had some of our clients getting valuations above what we would even think they would get. Um, like for example, up in the Midlands, uh, one of our one of our clients has just had an, a massive uh, revaluation um, on one of his properties, and numbers are amazing, wow. better than better than what we had anticipated they would be. Um, and we're seeing uh, other clients that are still getting deals; they're still buying properties. Prices have dropped a little bit, but they were overinflated anyway, um, so they're correcting themselves. And I, I think 2023 is going to be really positive. We've got massive demand for rooms. The property prices are stabilizing and valuations are still really high. Yeah, I, I think it, it's it's cutting through the noise, isn't it? Sort of between what's been prophesized out there and, and commented upon versus what actually really is going on. And do you know who I use as a really good barometer of what's going on in the media is my parents. Okay. So it was really funny. We went to, um, we went for a coffee the four of us yesterday and my brother included and my parents were like now bear in mind before Christmas my dad had sent me a whole bunch of articles about buy to let being dead um people struggling to pay their rents landlords being demonized and you know evictions on the art all of this stuff right I got the whole gambit mm -hmm. yesterday I mean <laughs> it was the complete opposite to what the rest of the world seems to be saying because they were <laughs> like well properties the space to be in right now isn't it and I said where did you get that from Daily Mail I'm like okay what did, what's the Daily Mail saying they'd read an article about where rents had gone up so substantially um over the past few months that it was counteracting the increase in interest rates of finance being more expensive yeah so therefore it's still a buoyant sort of you know investment vehicle to get involved in and my and I'm like dad you just like two months like you said <laughs> you know and, but that's the thing it's like you know they're not in property so they are so reactive to what is being said and depending which paper you pick up exactly yeah depending on which paper you pick up and it but obviously the people that are writing these articles in the papers are not in the mix of it day to day they're not the people that's out there investing and buying properties and renting properties so why would you listen to someone that's doesn't have a clue really what they're talking about. They're just basing it on their very limited knowledge and people buy into that um, without actually doing proper due, due diligence and speaking to the people that are on the ground day in, day out, the brokers that are organizing the finance, the people that are getting the lending. Um, yeah, it, it always annoys me. It really pisses me off when I see things like that because it's next week you'll read the complete opposite in the same paper, <laughs> you know? Yeah, or even on the same day, you know? Yeah. Online, I, 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 you just see like the, the like, property markets booming versus property markets slowed like literally yeah. like one journalist and another journalist got different opinions on like what's going on and neither of them are in property you're like so just shut up like just shut up shut yeah up. i can see where uh probably within the buy to let market um family homes little family homes are, are especially with the cheaper properties where they the uh the profit that landlords are making on them now is going to be quite limited yeah but they're still making a profit. It's just not where it was this time last year. Yeah. Um, and that will come back again. 
you know, where where we're mainly operating in is obviously within the shared accommodation, the, the co-living space for HMOs. And we've got such a demand for the rooms that we've got, yeah. you know, and pr- like you say, prices are going up and we're still got demand. So it's, it is insane. It is insane. But I, I, like I said at the beginning, I think I'm still very positive about um, what this year will bring. We're seeing a lot of opportunities coming back onto the market that were tr- that were sold last year, where perhaps people were trying to buy them without a lot of experience, um, without a lot of knowledge, just trying to get into the market um, and not able to do what they wanted to do with them, not able to get the financing due to experience and everything. And then suddenly they're back on the market at 100 grand. 200 grand less than what they were yeah 100 percent. and i think that's the thing there's still those deals out there that even on the buy to let side you know that yeah off that present opportunities because yes um all right if you go open market prices are going to feel uh inflated when you look at the cost of finance if you go through with that transaction right and mm-hmm. So yeah, flipping and all of that stuff is still very much like it's a hot market for that. You know, if you can force the value enough while it's so buoyant, get your capital gain, sell the property, get a tidy profit. It all makes sense. Refinance what you've already got, pull money out, enjoy the growth. All of that's working. Everybody's doing it, but there'll be a shelf life with that. It's going to come to a a point where, you know, prices are going to start to dip and, but Mm -hmm. then it starts to go the other way. But even in and all around that, like I was hanging out the other day and a friend of mine was showing me around a project of his, right? And it's four stories. So mm-hmm. it's four flats, like one stacked on top of the other. And they're going to divide it up. The top ones are flipped. The middle two are buy to let. So they're going to retain them in their business partnership. And then the bottom one service accommodation. So they're going to be getting all of their money out by flipping one of the flats. Mm-hmm. The two little buy to lets, because of they got it so <clears throat> cheaply, because again, it was off market. It was a, a tired landlord who actually sold for less than he bought. Uh, sorry, sold for more than he bought it for. Sorry, okay. Sold for less than he bought it for. So, but not by a huge amount, but he basically was breaking even, right? Yeah. Um. So there wasn't much profit in it. It was just, again, classic tired landlord. So, you know, my mate's come out of it and he's laughing, absolutely laughing. So he's going to get all of his money out. He's going to get income and he's got a whole different strategy with service accommodation, which is in high demand in the area he's operating in. And I'm like, that's the kind of deal that's still working. Beautiful. This is it. And I think it's just, you. we've all learned over the past few years and obviously coming through an educational training um, system as well. You need to have exit strategies. You need to be, you need to have more than one plan. Um, so if, if you're just focusing on buy to let, or if you're just focusing on whatever, um, then when the market changes, you've got nothing. Yeah. So it's really important to have that diverse portfolio so that when buy to lets are not doing as well as what they were, you've got HMOs to look after them. Or when a service accommodation starts to dip, you've got another strategy you can flip, you can do something else with it. Um, so that's a prime example with your friend who's got three or four different strategies in one building. One block. Yeah. So they've one selling one flat pays for the rest and the rest is just all income. In, income. Yeah. And again, mixing it up with the income as well. <clears throat> Yeah, that's really cool. It's that's really, really tidy. Cool. It's a really tidy little deal. And I was walking around it. I mean, you can imagine the place just, it was perfect. No, you'd have laughed. I mean, the whole place just, it was a mixture of like mold, <laughs> cat piss, um, you know, like stale, tobacco-y, like there's a 
pungent tinge of weed in the like it was just gross right and the most random stuff was left in the house as well but what was really interesting I met the owner because um I went with him to pick up the keys and the owner was like oh yeah you'll see in the the basement flat I, I've, I've tried to do it myself um it was a classic example of he's had this house for a very long time he tried to repurpose it in a way that was going to make him more money but because he didn't understand the mechanics of using other people's money in order to do that he'd run out and so mm-hmm. it was sort of, there were these weird sort of semi-finished stud walls around and there was kind of builder's rubble and half finished this and that and then his building team had down tools because he couldn't pay them and it was just this like it was just in, on pause a project yeah it was really sad to see yeah but you that's not uncommon unfortunately you know it's it, people that are not socializing or networking circles that we are um don't know all the strategies or all the options that are available to them like um using other people's money for financing and things like that people just try and go it alone and then get stuck get scared and run away um it's like kind of like when we we we, in the previous uh podcast that we did just by ourselves it's like people that don't have the right uh drive or the desire to do it um they'll try and do it on their own and then as soon as it gets stuck then they're they run away again yeah. um we've seen i've seen a couple of properties through one of our clients actually who has uh a, a, an existing landlord um who has got a very 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 rundown hmo that's still operating um and I got sent the videos and pictures of the conditions that these people are expected to live in. Um, and he's trying to sell it for a premium rate, like we would try if it were a next level HMO. Um, he's also renovated a property a few st- a few doors down um, to what he calls a modern uh, HMO. <laughs> and it is the worst conversion I've ever seen. <laughs> He has spent an absolute fortune on this property. He's run out of money, and now he's trying to sell both of them to pay off for his um, his loans and bridging loan finance and everything that he's taken out to do the refurbishment. But again, it's just he's just completely delusional as to because he sees what the next level HMOs are achieving. He can see what people are actually getting in the market, so he's put his on at that level, yeah. and he can't sell them. No. So it's, uh, I think that the old, older school landlords that have been in the game for such a long time and got used to people accepting substandard accommodation um, are starting to see that people don't want that anymore. No, you know, people are, people are unfortunately having to move out of their flats and their houses because of the cost of utilities. So moving into a HMO is a good alternative where all bills are included. And people don't want to be living in a slum, you know. Um, I was it was soul destroying actually to see the condition of the property that is actually letting out and people living in there it is atrocious oh I couldn't agree more and there's so much of that I think there's again there's an assumption that there's just these rundown deals are just not available anymore Um, yeah and so you know you buy something that's either medium or high spec and just park your money and survive the market and tread water while you know interest rates are that much higher um it's just not true like even this yeah I was walking around these four flats and my mate said to me he's like 
you do realize that up until about three months ago there were people living in this and I'm not joking yeah you know just we're talking it smelled so bad like the the toilets alone just it, something had got blocked the drain was blocked so there was like the stagnant water and the smell was just unreal yeah um, and just like mold everywhere and like just the carpets were tatty and the wallpaper was stained and like everywhere you went throughout this entire block there's just a pungent smell of cooking fat and you know smoky sort of byproducts and you're like how how would this have been profitable or sustainable in any way for like oh everyone was losing in that situation yeah yeah there there are no winners in that situation no and the guy just as lovely as he was you know you just tell he was a really nice guy just wanted a quiet life now right mm-hmm. and the land the, the the former owner and you could just see he just could not resurrect it because he just didn't know what to do and so he yeah just i think that's that when when you read those stories in the media um, of what's happening in the property market and why um, HMOs or shared accommodation is not a good route to go down. They're all basing that information on those types of properties. Yeah. Um, and they, they do exist, they are out there, but tarring every landlord with the same brush is a very unfair um, approach to, to, to to that, uh, to new, to new, to journalism. Sorry, I couldn't get the right words out there. <laughs> you were so insulted. I I'm so insulted. So insulted. Because like, it, it is, I know, land, land, landlords, we have got a bad rap. We do have a bad um, perception within the general media. And a lot of it is, uh, I guess, justified to a certain extent. But I think there are more landlords out there that are just clueless rather than actual slum landlords. I agree. I, I, yeah it's so, yeah a lot of it is not done with like malicious intent like no screw my tenants I just want them to live in squalor it's just it's they've got their own lives they've bought houses years ago they've just done their best and it's been a side project and but the quality and the standards reflect that and therefore if you know there's a situation uh, you know that whoever's living in that side project is going to make an assumption about a greedy landlord thinking exactly you know yes they've got this house they're making loads of money off of me and look I can't even you know they won't even come and fix the fridge you know and it's like and then that message permeates plus you've got what the media say anyway but also do you know what annoys me all the economic indicators being the way they are at the moment with interest rates on the rise and cost of living being so high and rents going up somehow somehow still we are demonized in all of that you know greedy landlords take it you know hiking up the rents and you know the media are never going to receive those messages around us responding to the market by increasing rents as a positive thing to kind of ensure that our businesses are sustained they don't will always be demonized right always be demonized yeah and it uh, that's what again the things that i just don't see as a fair um attack on us because you know, we, there's no, we, everyone's looking at all oh, rents are going up and it's making it more difficult for people to rent. But we, we have to put the rents up because the running costs are going up. Um, we're providing really good accommodation for a start, but, you know, our utilities have gone up, mortgage interest rates are going up, so we have to pay for those. They don't look at it like that. And most landlords, the majority of landlords in this country only have one or two properties. 
Yeah. Where not everyone is a multimillionaire property investor. No. So if they can't afford to pay their mortgage, the house gets repossessed and then the tenant ends up on the street. Absolutely. And, and this is the thing. It's like, you know, that the housing, the good quality housing that's provided <clears throat> by professional landlords out there is providing such a service. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, their bread and butter. It's not something they tend to be doing on, on the side. So it's got a whole different focus um, and drive and ambition behind it. Um, I would like to I would like to see. Um, journalists focusing on what would happen because everybody's demonizing landlords everybody's like these big bad landlords what would happen if there were no private landlords yeah. you know if we got, if all the private landlords were gotten rid of which is what the media in general seem to be wanting to happen where do all these people live because the government's not putting them up anywhere they can't get their own accommodation they can't afford to buy properties so what do they expect to happen I agree. Like, what would, if every landlord suddenly pulled out of the market, where, how would, how would, how would the, how would the housing market survive? Yeah, it, it wouldn't. It's barely surviving as it is with, with, with the number of landlords there are. Um, and it's it, actually, we had a, a, quite an interesting story, actually. I had a tenant living in one of my properties who's lived in there for about four years. It's a shared house. Um, one of the first ones we did. Um, and he was one of the most consistent tenants that I've ever had. Um, he always paid his rent on time. Uh, communication with him wasn't always great because his English wasn't perfect. But, um, you know, any maintenance that needed to be done, he would report it to us, that type of thing. Um, and a few weeks ago, or maybe a month ago now, I got a, con a call from his friend, who is like his interpreter, um, to say that his wife had uh, come into the country. Um, from abroad and his 18 year old daughter and they'd been to the council to uh, look to see if they could get some uh, council accommodation for them and the council's response was to that for me as the landlord to issue an eviction notice to the husband so I would have to kick him out in order for the council to consider whether they would give him and his family a home or not yeah and it's just like that's the advice people are being given from the council. Yep. You know, if you if you want us to accommodate you, get your landlord to evict you. And it's yep. like this is this is one of my best tenants. Why would I evict him? Yep. You know? Yeah, it's not the first time I've heard that. In fact, um, same mate who's just bought this 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 four uh, flat project had exactly the same situation. Was and like so he he bought this HMO whole bunch of tenants living in there some of which have played the freaking game you know moved their partner in not told anyone disrupted the whole ecology of the house people kicking off and in the end it was so much easier to just evict everybody because the the, the the balance was so wrong but actually the, the plan was not to refurb it but decided to evict everybody and refurb it there was one guy in particular the last tenant to leave who was going to leave of his own free will, but then realised that unless he got an eviction notice, he wouldn't be eligible for council housing. Mm -hmm. So then came back to my mate and was like, oh, you're going to have to serve me. Um, but he was like, but I thought you'd found somewhere else to live. He's like, no, 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 that fell through. Um, the council council going to sort me out, so you've got to serve me an eviction. I was like, when did it? That's playing the system. It is. It is playing the system. Because yeah, when, when, the, the, um, when the guy asked me about it, he hadn't a clue what it was because it, the, the council specifically told him to get me to issue a Section 21 yep. notice. Yep. The very same section that they're trying to get rid of. Yep. 
exactly they, yeah. they wanted me to do that and I was just like how messed up is that yeah it's and the thing is people who have been in the system for so long know how it works and just literally jump from property to property based on this whole the, the levers that you need to pull in order to get what you need to keep a roof above your head yeah um, it's it's yeah it's 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 pretty unsavory and I can understand again from a public perception why that would present problems however what's really interesting is most people that you speak to about property when they find out that you do it they're quite oh I'd love to get into property I'd love to I'd love to do that and you're like would you because you're the same people that you know kind of demonize it right like you still have this attitude because it's really funny like I was at a conference in Dublin and a lot of people in property end up doing a lot of professional speaking stuff as well so there's overlap Mm -hmm. right and I was talking to my mate Amy's husband who's in property he'd come over with her as part of this conference we were just walking through the streets of Dublin having a chat and one of my speaker mates was behind me who's not in property and he was listening to us and we proper talking shop you know about refinances and valuations and interest rates and all this stuff and tenant stories and he was just like, oh, do you know what? I'd love to get into property. Like one day I can see myself really kind of taking that leap. I was like, well, if you ever do, let me know. We'll have a chat, blah, 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 this and that. That same guy who's keen on getting into property sent me a TikTok the other day that was just so insulting. It sort of said, this is how the public see landlords. This is how landlords see themselves. But really all they are is just a bunch of C-U-N-Ts. And I was like, oh, wow. And he sent that to me. And I was like, what do you think? I'm going to respond to this like do you think I'm going to laugh or do you like what <laughs> like what what could you possibly think my perception of am I supposed to just laugh at myself because or are you actually is that what you really think yeah is this, is this how you see me right yeah I, I didn't quite know where to and it was all about and it was all tied to like the cost of living and rents going up and so again it was on the back of all the economic stuff and how landlords are perceived to be contributing to the problem and like I've not replied I was so pissed off at him and I'm like do you just not think like that might actually insult me and then I was like oh maybe I'm being over sensitive you know learn to laugh at your industry and I was like actually now nah, like, piss me off <laughs> wow, wow that's <laughs> well that that's that's saying it all when a, when a friend or a colleague is sending that through to you but a friend who's obviously not in property. Let me just get this. I'm just going to try and find it because it really pissed me off. I was on the phone to um, Spot the Dave earlier. Uh, oh, yeah. Spot the Dave. Like, yeah, um, friend of Property Jam. Yeah, um, definitely. We were, having, we were talking about this whole thing as well, about how, yeah, it's just, yeah, you end up sort of, yeah, this is it. Um, but so, do land, so, yeah, and land up. Let, let's be more inclusive by using the correct terminology. Oh, yeah, that was someone about... Oh my God, that was it. So they were talking about the terminology of whether you say landlord or landlady. Okay. Actually, it should be land, C-U-N-T. Wow. Yeah. That's, wow. That's very insulting. So I'm just like, I've not replied. I've just thought, no. So yeah. yeah. Cheers, mate. I was just like, yeah. I was like, do you ever get it where your mates just do something unexpected and you're like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like yeah no it's, it's a funny old world right um so i think basically joe what we need to do is we need to take over the media <laughs> we need to correct all these these wrongs and teach people about what it actually is to run a portfolio and run a property business because 
give them five minutes in the job and then run for the hills. A hundred percent. And it let, just... let them take the call at three o'clock in the morning when someone's got themselves locked out of the house or when a vendor, oh, sorry, a, um, yeah, a vendor pulls the deal at the last minute or you can't get the financing you want or whatever it might be. Uh, you know, it's it's not all a bed of roses. Um, it, ca- it can be very profitable, but it takes a lot of hard work to get to that point. Um, so, it, yeah, don't, re- don't believe anything you read in the media is basically what we're saying. It's all a load of rubbish. <laughs> and, like, just be mindful of, like, your own attitude, I think. Like, even if, I mean, people who listen to this are property jammers are in the main. They're in property because they're people who are relating to the human side, being in it themselves. But if anyone is, like, a non-property investor who listens to Property Jam because you're considering property, like, really question your own thinking around Mm. you know landlords and stuff and sort of think you know realize that you know they're not the devil reincarnate and um you know that there's a huge responsibility that comes with being a landlord and a huge amount of graft and um a huge amount of pain um that comes with it as well and that those messages and those attitudes need to be managed quite carefully and that that change comes from people like us talking about it and challenging it head on whether it's in the classroom whether it's at networking events whether it's on podcasts um you know it's or in the media even if we're interviewed you know like it's you've got to speak up in favor of the landlord and not just go along with the status quo so if you get a challenging tiktok sent to you like that um call it out which i am going to do yeah and i think you should because it's um the the landlords that are actually causing the problems are uh ill-treating their customers their tenants they're not online they're not on social media you'll never see them on there it's the rest of us that are actually doing something good that is online and has this social media present that's actually getting demonized yeah 100 percent definitely yeah but you know i think that i think that went quite well joe that's all right. I think we, we, I mean, honestly, this was the conclusion that we drew last time. Do we even need Matt? Like, who? Who? Right, sorry? Precisely. <laughs> I can press a record button. <laughs> and can I just say, I thought you absolutely nailed it. Well, I was practicing before we started, you know, <laughs> recording uh, in progress. <laughs> recording in pro- I was like, wow, he's, he's good. He's I'm good. good at this. I've got this nailed. Yeah. Oh, so amazing. All right. Well, um, I was going to say goodbye, but actually you and I are going to see each other later, aren't we? Up Central, we're going for a little cheeky um, cheeky coffee. So. Yeah, we are indeed. So I shall see you in person in about two hours, Miss, Miss Lightfoot. And I'm going to look different to this. I just want you to appreciate that um, for listeners, I'm, I look like I just woke up. Uh, so, Niall, I promise I'm going to make an effort when I see you later. Hmm? Well, you're bloody better. <laughs> I'm thinking, I've got to look good for my students, so yeah. Oh, so it's not for me, it's for your students. Thanks. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate everyone it. Wins. I appreciate everyone wins. Everyone wins. <laughs> everyone's going to benefit from me stepping into something that doesn't look like I just fell out of bed. So it's great. Perfect. <laughs> All right, so just to wrap it up then for today, we shall be back here again next Monday. Yes, uh, maybe even with a third person. You never know. Maybe yes. even with a guest. With you a never guest. know. And the yeah. rumour is we've got a guest on and it's a guest who's been on Property Jam before and is a Property Jam favorite um but let's not say anymore well let's leave them guessing let's leave her guessing yes cool so it's a goodbye from me (laughs) it's a goodbye from me
That's it. And it's, and it's a goodbye from that. <laughs> Covered in baby sick somewhere. <laughs>